Yo, we would like to welcome you to the Educated Food Podcast. We are back for another week. If this is your first time listening, I'm one half of the Educated Food Podcast, Jeff Alexander. And I'm the other half of the Educated Food Podcast, Jarrell. What's up? What's up? And before we get started, I'll let y'all know again, follow us, rate us, review us, share us, comment, let us know what you're thinking about the show as we are starting to hit a little stride here. I think we're starting to figure each other out a little bit more as we as we do this thing here. Um, and um, we're going to start bringing more and more people on, just having you know real conversations about topics that interest me. So once again, follow us, like us, review us, share it. All right. Now that the business is out of the way, before we start the episode, like we do every week, let's do our check-in. How you doing, my man? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. Um, you know, this week has been, you know, just a little doozy for me because we have uh, just a lot going on, man. Um, as with any, you know, end of year at any um, place that you work, um, just a lot of, you know, odds and ends to secure and um, take care of. So I've just been busy with that stuff, for real. Yeah. How about you? Same, you know, end of, end of the academic year, wrap it up. You know, we got graduation that day, yeah. which, you know, I'll be a part of. So I'll be I'll be leaving here okay. shortly to go do all that setup because we're doing a drive-through type of graduation ordeal. Uh, you know, it's oh, crazy gosh. right now. Right? Like Mickey half, D's graduation. Half, right? Like half of the world is like open. Half of the world is closed. Right? CDC said we don't have to wear masks no more if you mm. fully vaccinated. But I'm like, I still don't trust y'all people, so I'm wearing my mask still. <laughs> uh, so this graduation yeah. is gonna be interesting. We've been trying to we've been trying to do it for a year, honestly, a year and a half almost, um, because we had to cancel our first one last year, wow. and then we tried to do a drive through in December for for our uh, spring graduates, and then that's when cases spiked and we had to cancel it again. So. We actually going to try to pull it off this time, so we'll, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see how that goes. But you know, wrapping up the year, um, and then you know, just life. Like I was telling you, my daughter just woke up. I'm afraid. I'm scared right now. I was fixing her Kindle, her little Kindle Fire, or whatever, and I erased all her recents on accident. Okay. She gonna spaz out on me later because she ain't gonna be able to find what she wants. <laughs> I'm so scared. Oh, she- <laughs> You, you are dead. You you dead so walking, man. So scared of a two year old. She gonna spaz. I already know. As soon as she see they ain't there, she gonna spaz out. And she knows me, so she gonna come straight to me. Like, what did you do? So. <laughs> All right. So let's let's hop in. Let's hop into this week's uh, conversation. Uh, we had we had a lot of different things that we were bouncing back and forth, but we we stuck on this one because this is the kind of the realm I wanted to bring you in before I made you a co-host was, you know, we, we were going to talk about, you know, relationships, particularly friendships. Uh, we've done relationships before as like romantic partners. Right. But we haven't done right. anything about platonic and, and friendships. And this kind of came up because of the Joe Budden incident that has been happening, you know, for the last month or so with his podcast. Um and I figured, yo, this is a great time to bring that back because one of the things that um, I went through when I was starting this podcast was like, who do I reach out as a co-host? Um, and I have a lot of you know close yeah. friends that we, we talk and we can do this, but it's like, but for me, 
this isn't just a hobby for me, right? Like this is really a business venture that we're, we're going on. And do I want to mix right. friendships with business? And this whole Joe Button fiasco kind of lets me know, like, I'm kind of glad I didn't go to friendship route. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You good? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm good. So, 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 talk to us about like what this actually is, because I, 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 I'll just be honest. I haven't really been paying attention to what has been going on. I really don't pay attention to Joe Budden much. Um, not because I don't, I, I have anything against him or whatever have you. It's just, I don't. It's just Joe Budden to me. I don't know. He like pump, pump it up, and I, that's about it. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I've been a. I was a casual, casual listener of the Joe Bud podcast. Um, so I wouldn't say like I was this hardcore Joe Budden podcast fan, particularly when they left Spotify. I just stopped because it's like I'm not I'm not paying for it. Um, um, I'm not I'm not going to search it. It's not on the platforms that I use. So, you know, I'm not I'm going to miss it. I'll catch it on YouTube from time to time. But essentially, Joe Budden podcast, for those who don't know, he's had a podcast for like six years. And it honestly became like the number one podcast in the podcasting realm, which is significant because there's like a million podcasts, right? And Joe Button's podcast yeah. became one of the most profitable ones um, and, you know, one of the most listened to. Like really when it came to Spotify and their their listenership, um, Joe Buttons was like number one. And their episodes sometimes be like two, three hours long. And people were listening to these very long podcasts. I wouldn't listen to a full podcast. I listened to like what I wanted to get out of that episode. But so anyway, six years podcast rocking and rolling. So obviously they're, they're making buku bucks, like millions of dollars now. Um, and his co-hosts, Rory and Mal um, are two of his friends, right? So they're friends. They're all three of these are friends. Now Rory and Mal weren't really friends when they started, but you know, six years work with somebody seeing them, two days a week, six hours, you know, that friendship grows, right? But anyway, what's recently happened to speed for it and not to take the whole podcast telling, what recently happened, the podcast fell apart. And the podcast fell apart gotcha. mainly because Joe Button became Joe Button again. Like, everyone knows Joe Button is emotionally unstable. <laughs> He's very emotional. Yes, he is. He's reactionary. Um, so when they left Spotify, they went out on their own to make their own venture, make their own money, which great to them. He started the Joe Button, uh, Joe Button Podcasting Network or Joe Button Network. He was making money from Patreon and Cash App. Like he was, they were bringing in tons of money. But Rory and Mal, okay. their thing is when they started asking, because they're they they get paid based on percentages. Like they're all they're equal. They're partners, so they weren't salary mm-hmm. employees. Like they didn't work for Joe Button. They get paid off the percentages of whatever deals or however the show is doing. So for them, they wanted to see the books. Like, yo, can we see the books? Can I see accounting? Because, once again, I want to see where our percentages are and, like, is this money lining up? And the first time they kind of asked for it, Joe got upset because he thought they were questioning him and, like, not trusting him. Once again, friends, right? That's when it comes in. And they yeah. finally get it, and there's like a four hundred thousand dollar mistake. Like that's what they that's what they kept saying because they did a podcast on their own to explain why it all fell apart. So Joe Button 
fired them and all these crazy things. So they did their own podcast to explain what really happened, why we why it fell apart. It fell apart over money. Their percentage-based contracts and they weren't being a Joe Budden, the accountants, all these people wouldn't let them see the percentages. They wouldn't let them see the money. And they're like, they will send us like these bullshit Excel sheets with money, like, but that's not that's not how real businesses work. Like, you just don't send me an right. Excel sheet. That's not accounting. I want to see exactly what percentage we got of this, what percentage we got of this, because that's how I figure out if y'all cheating me or not. And they made it really, really clear. They didn't, they're not accusing Joe Budden of cheating them. They're accusing the company that manages their money of, of cheating them. But for Joe, it was like, y'all don't trust me. Y'all are questioning me. And then once again, it's the Joe Budden podcast. So you're like, it's my name. The only reason why y'all millionaires is because me, right? Mm-hmm. Only pe- people only came to this podcast to begin with because of me. And so his ego, once again, kind of got in the way damaged their friendships and damaged a, a podcast that was going strong for six years. Um, yeah. And I mean, he, he did a lot of slick, slick stuff during this time because they took a hiatus, right? He brought two other dudes in to replace them just to be like, like if we, if me and you haven't fallen out and I tell you like, just take a break and don't come to the show for a little while. Cause that's what he told them. Like, we'll, we'll all take our breaks. Y'all can, you know, deal what you have to do. You don't have to, you don't have to come to the show but I'm not going to replace you in the meantime while we're dealing with, while we're trying to work out our, our business issues. And that's what he did. Step completely over the line. So all that being said, because I don't want to take too long, try to get it short in. I want to talk about, you know, friendships and business or friendships and anything that ties with money. Cause that's typically where I've seen a lot of friendships fall apart as it relates to, you know, the money side of things. Um, so that's kind of where I want to take this combo and we're going to throw in a little insecure in this as well. Cause that's what we originally linked up for uh, when they were like insecure is coming back. And I think you were, the, you posted about, you know, the toxicity of their relationship or something. I can't really yeah, remember. Molly and Lisa being trash. Uh, but, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, cause everybody gets on Molly, right? Like Molly is just a horrible friend. And then for me, I'm like, Issa's also a horrible friend. Like y'all just like Issa more <laughs> cause she's funny. Right. She's likable. And Molly is about her business. So obviously, Molly, it kind of goes back to our last week topic. Right. Like Molly's seen as a bitch, but she's just about her business. <laughs> like she she's doing exactly what she is. But y'all yeah. just y'all see her as a bitch. Right. Um, so a lot of places to go. We just gonna have a conversation, talk about it. Um, but in terms of, I guess, going back to the Joe Budden thing, and even the, we can even tie in insecure because. Business really messed up. I don't say really messed up, but it put more fuel on the fire of Issa Molly when uh, Issa reached out to Molly's boyfriend to get a hookup for her block party. Right, and Molly was like, "Nah, I'm trying to right, keep that out of right, my yeah. out of my relationship." And Issa was like, "But I'm your I'm your girl. Like, just tap your dude on the shoulder and say, hey, can you talk to Issa for me?'" She wouldn't do it. Um, so, have you had any? Instances where you know business or some type of venture with a with a friend has gone good or bad. Some people might have some good stories. <laughs> I don't want to say it's all bad, but have you ever you know kind of experienced any of that with a friend or anything? 
Yeah, man. So, um, so first of all, thanks for bringing me up to speed on this whole Joe Budden situation, because like I said, I, I, I'm just not a Joe Budden podcast listener. Um, I'll probably check it out and check out some past episodes. Um, I didn't even know that the podcast itself was like as big as what you had uh, mentioned it is. So that's exciting. Um, I'll check that out. I'm a, I'm an avid podcast listener myself. So, um, you know, like any other podcast, I'll check it out and see what what's going on there. But with regard to, you know, working with friends and things of that nature, I think Rory and Mal were right to, you know, demand that they see the books and see what's going on. And Joe shouldn't have felt some kind of way for them just trying to, you know, be about their paper, trying to see what was going on, because millionaires don't become millionaires because they don't watch their money. You know, millionaires become millionaires because they watch their money. And they, you know, check how it grows over time and things of that nature and make sure that they're getting what they're supposed to get. And even if you're not a millionaire, even if you're just getting paid like maybe about $100 per podcast, right? Like that's still something. And if you're not getting paid that um, and, you know, you're supposed to be paid 200 per podcast, well, then, you know, clearly something's wrong. And, and yeah, you have a right to demand your money and, and, and demand that. And I think that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Joe may be a little off with, you know, with how he managed that, especially with, you know, Beyonce and them, them, them fools, you know what I'm saying? Like bringing in ringers to replace them while they're on hiatus. Like what type of stuff is that? Like that's some Destiny's Child, say my name type stuff, right? Like you, you make all the vocals for the uh, track, but then you go see the video and there's two other girls in the video. Like what? <laughs> So, say all that to say, like, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, the thing about the money part is what's been to me, right? Like, when I worked at Radio Shack for minimum wage, yo, if I was missing a dollar, right? I'm like, yo, wait a minute. I, yeah. Something's off here. Like, can we need to talk about this. We need to explain this. Mm -hmm. And that was pennies, right? So, like, it bothers, it boggles my mind. Like, yo, Joe Budden, they just told y'all there was a $400,000 mistake. Why aren't you upset? Right? Like, yes, your percentage is higher. Right? Exactly. Obviously, percentage That's is higher, your money so it's too. Like, it is, but it's your money too. Mm -hmm. Even if you only, even out of that 400000 you only missed 100000 That's still a whole lot of money, dog, that came up missing. So, like, I don't see, that's yeah. where I got confused. Like, dog, why you didn't ride with your, your team? Like, yo, we need to really look at this. Because if that's a mistake there, mm -hmm. where are other mistakes happening? Exactly. Exactly. Right? If there's one mistake made, I'm sure there are others. Yeah. Like, yo, this is it. Like, this is our, and they're, once again, they're, they're business partners. They're, they, they're percentages of this. So they're like, yo, we want to make sure the business is right. Like, they, that's all they really cared about, what the business is right. And for Joe, once again, he felt disrespected. And when Joe feels disrespected, we've all seen it million, millions of different ways play out for him. Either it's on Love and Hip Hop, either it's with the dude, uh, the one he did with Complex. I don't even remember the name of that show that he did with Academics. I can't um, remember that either, but yeah. But that was like a short run where the that mess. blew up. It blew up really, really quick. And then Joe burned it all down, right? So it's just like, it's something with him. It's like, yeah. he, for someone who says they see a therapist a lot and talk to people, um, he still has a lot of issues that he needs to work through. And I think trust is one of those big things for him. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to have a relationship with anyone where you can't bring up anything without them blowing up on you. Like 
that's just one of those toxic environments and toxic relationships that I will never want to be a part of and, and will distance myself from. Um, and I feel bad for like a friendship that goes down the drain just because two dudes were about their business and another one got offended by it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's great that you mentioned that point about, you know, that venture that he had with academics, because um, I think both he and academics are two emotionally unstable young men. You know what I'm saying? Like academics is another one who, you know, um, it, it, there used to be this cartoon where like this chipmunk used to blow up. And like I see academics as like that, that, that ticking time bomb chipmunk. Right. Just blowing up all over the place. And like mixed with Joe Budden, oh my God, that's a recipe for disaster. Like is. this is the same guy who like goes off on women, you know, and is toxic as hell. And you know, as soon as a woman come for him, he blows completely up, like off the Richter. So I don't know, that's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. so it's just one of those things, man. Like for me, I was just thinking back, back. You know, I I haven't. I haven't tried to start a business with anybody, but I did have my money tied up in a friendship, which I don't want to talk to dude anymore. Um, and I'm the type of person who eventually I let things go and I try to reach back out because that's that's just a type of energy I like, right? Um, but for this one dude, I'm like, I, I still ain't there yet. <laughs> um, but we live together, right? And it's something, yeah. when I worked in university right. housing, I used to tell students all the time, like, yo, don't live with your friend. Like, don't live with your friend. It will mm-hmm. forever change your friendship, yeah. like forever change it. Um, I've seen very few go really well. I've seen a lot go horribly wrong. Um, and ours went horribly wrong because once again, money was tied into it. We weren't living on housing. We were living off campus. We had an expensive ass lease. Um, and, you know, he kind of fell through on what his side of the deal was as I was, you know, moving out. Um, so graduated, right. Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready to move out my apartment and a tradition is like, yo, I'll find the person to replace, like, because I'm leaving, I will go ahead and I'll find the person to replace his lease. And he was like, no, 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 I got it. I have like three, four people already lined up. Don't worry about it. Right. We got this handled. All right, cool. You know, two months out from me moving, I'm like, all right. Who's this person? It's like, all right, now, you know, one person fell out, but I still got, don't worry about it. We got to have month out. Yo, dog, we need, I need to transfer whoever's on this lease. Like, let's do this now. And then, like, even though we lived together, I swear he was, like, picking the times to come home. Like, he was ducking me, right? Now I'm getting ready to move out. And he, then he tells me, no, I got him. They come in. I was like, all right, I'll come back up. Let me move my stuff out. I'll come back up and we'll do, we'll do all the paperwork. This person never showed. So like now, now I'm on the books for this lease for a place I'm not, I'm no longer leaving. Like I'm about to leave. The, I'm moving, I'm leaving the state in like two months, dog. Uh, and I ended up having to pay rent for like two more, two extra months. And it, was, it wasn't cheap for me. It was like 700 bucks a month for a room. Wow. But yeah, California, crazy. Um, so I'm paying yeah. like 700 yeah. bucks. And that's crazy. Actually, I ended up paying like fourteen hundred of money that I shouldn't have had to pay because he fell through on his part, um, and I made him pay me back eventually. Like I got it like five years later, but anyway, Jeez. we haven't. I haven't talked to him yeah. about it because it was like, yo, not only is like we can't, we just can't break a lease like that. Like that'll damage my Reno history. Right? Like there's all these other things that was was frustrating to me, and for him, it was like nothing to him. He was just like whatever. Like, but it's not. 
it's all of us are going to be screwed. Honestly, I'm trying to look out for all everyone who lives in this apartment. It was three of us. I'm trying to look out for everybody and, and you ain't helping. And I can't really rock with that energy. And since that's how you're act with this, like I just can't rock with you no more. Um, and once again, it was all because of money. He was a great person mm-hmm. to live with. But when it came to the money side and the bill side of things, mm-hmm. he used to always, you know, try to skimp out on, you know, the cable bill. He's like, I don't really watch the TV. No, but use the internet and it's a package. So you got to pay something. <laughs> like, yeah. like money and friendships mm-hmm. tend to don't really mix all that well. Um, just they don't. Yeah, they don't. I have a, I have a, 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 I don't have a business situation where I enter the business with someone, but it was more like a personal type of situation. So, um, and I'll let, you know, I'll let our viewers like navigate this one a little bit because me and my homegirl still feel a little, we, we still feel some kind of way about this. So what happened was um, when I was in high school, um, I had, you know, most of my friends were on the debate team, right? And like, because we were always together, like we were a, 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 a a nationally recognized debate team. So we were always on the road. We were always traveling. We were going to these debate camps over the summertime. We were going to like these tournaments out of state, um, in state, stuff like that. So we were always around each other. So, you know, we just naturally developed um, a friendship, this traveling team that I was on for my high school. And so um, my debate partner at the time, you know what I'm saying? Like we were really cool. We were really good friends, whatever have you. We got split up uh, as a team and then I got put with some other folks, whatever have you. It was just a lot of stuff going on. So fast forward to when we go off to college. Um, so my former debate partner went to uh, Georgia State first and then I went to UDC for two years and then transferred to Georgia State. And then uh, one of our other friends from our traveling team also um, went to Georgia State after she graduated. She was like a class behind us. And so um, when I got there, I thought that, you know, because I knew, um, you know, I knew two of my friends from the debate team that I was going to be good, like they would help me navigate, you know, this new place and all this other kind of stuff like that. And the person that was behind us in the class year, um, one of my, my homegirl, I'm not going to say her name, um, but, um, you know, we weren't really close like that at the time, but we became close because my homegirl that used to be my debate partner, like she just totally ditched us when we were there at Georgia State together. Like I thought it was gonna be the three of us, we were gonna roll together, all that kind of stuff like that. And she kind of ditched us for our boyfriend. And then later on, come to find out, you know, when we started like, um, you know, doing consulting work for the local debate league, we found out that, you know, they had hooked her up with a consulting job in Milwaukee where, you know, she was making mad money. Like she was going to Milwaukee about two times a month making about $500 or $600 each trip, um, you know, and, and while me and my homegirl, who we weren't really close friends like that, but we became close, um, we were we were at school struggling, like we were typical college students, you know, putting meals together, like she called me, be like, yo, what you got to eat over there? I'm like, I got some noodles. She like, okay, I got some hot dogs, let's put it together and make a meal, you know what I'm saying? While other homegirl who you know, used to be my debate partner, like she's living lavish, like, you know, going out to restaurants and eating and this and that. And we had no idea that she was doing that until my homegirl was like, yo, how is it that we're struggling so much? And we're all from the same neighborhoods. We're all from the same place, stuff like that. But like this girl, every time I see her, I see her going to get her nails done. I see her going to get her hair done. I see her and her boyfriend out eating. She's like, I caught them out eating like the other day at the restaurant. And I'm just wondering, like, how is it that she's living like this? Is it the boyfriend that's like providing her with all this? 
And come to find out, um, after my homegirl did some digging, she found out that our other homegirl was being hooked up with a job in Milwaukee doing consulting work at, um, with the Milwaukee Urban Debate League. Um, and we were not in on that. And one of the things that really frustrated us, um, and, and, and this probably isn't her fault, um, but one of the things that frustrated us the most was the fact that she wasn't honest with us, right? Like she didn't tell us that this was going on. She knew that we were struggling. She knew that, you know, we were in the space where we were struggling to like feed ourselves. And, you know, she didn't even try to help us. You know what I'm saying? She went into her own and was with her boyfriend and all that other kind of stuff like that. Like she never tried to, to even come around as a friend. And we were like, yo, I thought we built a community between the three of us where we had each other's back. And it come, you know, when it all came out in the wash, you know, me and my homegirl, we were just by ourselves and we were left on an island alone while she was off with her boyfriend, you know, living a lavish life uh, with, you know, this, this income that she was making from a venture that we had no idea about, right? And then, um, you know, when we called her out about it, she's like, oh, well, I didn't know. And we're like, you're lying. Like, you knew we were struggling. You knew we didn't have food. You knew that, you know, we were in the, uh, in the, in the res halls, like, you know, trying to find scraps of stuff to put together so that we could help each other, you know, eat every night. You know, like if I would have, I was on SGA too. So like if SGA had like a, a banquet or a meal or something like that, like I would pack a plate for me and my homegirl so we could eat that night. You know what I'm saying? And I would think about her as I'm at the banquet and I would take food to her at the, you know, at the res halls, like, yo, here's some food. You know, I got this from the SGA banquet or whatever have you. Like we were taking care of each other like that while our other homegirl was just off like living. And that pissed us off so much because we was like, yo, we thought, you know, us being from Baltimore, down here in Georgia, in Atlanta, for the first time by ourselves, at this school that we had no pre-existing knowledge about, you know, in this place, we had no pre-existing knowledge about. We thought that we had our own little community, you know, the Baltimore crew, where we took care of each other and come to find out you weren't taking care of us. You know what I'm saying? Like we were taking care of each other. You were out there, you know, doing whatever it is that you were doing and getting, you know, all this money from this other venture and not even, you know, being willing to share that with us. And we thought we were closer than that, you know? You didn't have to share your money with us, but like at least come around and be like, hey, you know, let me, you know, let me hook y'all up with lunch or let me do this or let me do that. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't any of that. We never saw anything like that. Uh, for that time that she had that consulting gig with the uh, with the debate league up there, and we were like, "Yo, this is rude!" Like <laughs> at the base level of it, it's just rude that you would do something like that, knowing full well that if it were in the reverse, we would share, right? And so it's funny because when we found out about it, like we called out the folks who gave her that opportunity, like, "Yo, what's up? Like, are we just chopped liver? Like, we." we're dope too. Like we're dope instructors. We can teach this stuff and all that kind of stuff like that. And so then they started looking out for opportunities for us. And so in response, <laughs> when we started getting those opportunities, we looked out for each other still as we had been. But when things started getting rocky in her relationship against my homegirls, better, 
wishes uh, because my homegirl was not down for it. I was like, yo, let's help her out. Let's do this. She was like, no, she ain't do this for us. And that bitch didn't do da da And she did it. And I'm like, yo, let's just let's let's just see if we can like support her a little bit. You know, me trying to be, you know, the bridge builder here in the situation. She's like, no, this is wrong. And she didn't help us out when we needed help. And it came to a situation where I was like conflicted a little bit, but then I had to go with my homegirl's better judgment because I was like, yo, you're right. She didn't help us out. She didn't take care of us. She didn't support us. And, you know, literally um, when we needed help, it meant eating versus not eating, you know, on a daily basis. You know, it meant us going hungry. It meant us not paying bills and all that kind of stuff like that because she didn't have our back. Like we, like she wants us to have her back now. And so we decided, you know, hey, well, we're going to bestow upon you the same treatment that you bestowed upon us. We are going to leave you alone and let you be. And however the cards are dealt for you is however the cards are dealt for you. We're going to go off and do our own thing and we're still going to support each other. And to this day, you know, me and my homegirl who went to Georgia State, uh, not so close. Are, I mean, we're, we're like best friends now, you know, like they're, we're like brother and sister. And we still to this day got each other back. Um, and I hope that I can bring her on the show. Um, I tried to see if she was available last week to bring her on the show uh, with uh, with Blaze, but uh, she wasn't available, unfortunately, because she had to work. Um, but, you know, hopefully she'll she'll come on the show in the future and, and, and we'll get to discuss that because every time we talk about that, it is hilarious to see her and, 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 and hear her interpretation of it because she goes the hell in. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah, but so that's gonna take us on yeah. two different two two routes actually, Matt. Because while you were telling the story, I was thinking about these things. Yeah. Right. Like for me, it's the word friend is is really really like something I'm throwing around most, right? And it's something that I learned right. early on. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned it before. I know I mentioned it when I did the pod on my own. I was telling my story. Like I got jumped in the fifth grade, and like. My supposed friends just sat and watched. And like, so in the fifth grade, I realized, yo, everybody ain't your friend. Damn. Like, everybody ain't your friend. Like, so for me, to become a friend, like, you have to, you, people are like, you gonna make me prove my friendship? Hell yeah. Like, you gonna yeah. have to, yeah. and it, it doesn't have to, it's not like, hey, I need you to do this for me. Boom, you did it. Now you're a friend. But through time and through interactions and through moments like that, right, where you see that I'm down struggling. Are you the type of person who's going to lend a helping hand? Right. right? Like you saw I was down, you saw I needed to help, and you reached out. All right, that now you're bored, now you're moving towards a friend for me because now I, I can trust you. Now I know you actually yeah. are looking out for me. You have my well-being, like that's a thought for you. Yeah. Right. And and not everybody think that way. And for me, so friends, when people be like, yo, my friend here, my friend this, I'm like, how do you know right so like while i was listening to your situation right for me i was like oh girl ain't a friend like she was just a she was just a somebody y'all knew from from back home and y'all just you know y'all tried to create this bond this friendship but for for her she she that wasn't it right and that's where i always try to figure out like how do you know someone is truly a friend like everyone has their own definition of what a friend means and and what that lives up to right and i'm like yo i got like four friends maybe <laughs> yeah. Like um I, I know a lot of people. I'm cool with a lot of people. Yeah. But there's yeah. there's only a, a a few people that I will trust with uh, my secrets, uh mm-hmm. my feelings, 
my real emotions, right? And everybody else, you're just going to get um, a little bit of what I have to give. And it's unfortunate that you don't really under, you really don't know who people truly are until they're put into a situation for them to reveal themselves. Um, and that kind of goes, you know, into um, thinking about like Molly and Issa, right? It's that last season where people were, were you have to reveal yourself. You have to be selfless in these moments. And neither one of them at any given point were selfless, right? Yeah. Like the Thanksgiving episode, Molly really needs you to be there for her. Yeah. And you just like blew her, like granted, you're with your brother, but like you knew how important this was to your friend. Right. Was it really that important where you just gonna hang out and play around and joke with your brother? and just blow off your friend who said she really needed you at her parents the first time she was with her parents since she found out her dad wasn't Superman. Right. Right. And then it's like, yeah. all right, but, but no one, no one talks about that as it relates to Issa being shady. Right. It's all about what well, Molly should have helped her get. I don't know. I, mean, I can't even remember who the artist was. I want to say Vince Staples, but I don't think it was Vince Staples. <laughs> I think it was actually, I think it was. It was Vince uh, Staples. Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, so it was just like, once again, this this one that comes boils down to friendships. What does that truly mean? And then another thing you want, I wanted to take us in and think about. So that's one. But the other thing mm -hmm. you can kind of latch on if you want to. Mm -hmm. It's it's this thought that you, it's what you did, and I have this debate with a lot of people. Right? It's mm -hmm. when when old girl was down and struggling, you still had it within you to be like, no. She's struggling. Let's reach out and help. And other people be like, fuck that. <laughs> they they dare to be. But I try to tell people, like, when I do that for people, it's not really for them. It's more so for me because that's just the type of person I am. Just because they treated me horribly is not going to allow that to change my character and treat them just as bad. Like, I'm still I'm still going to look out for that person. But so is there a place where you draw that line? Or are you still always that way as well? Yeah. So for me, you know, I'm very forgiving. Right. And, and, and my close friends tell me that my partner tells me that all the time, like you need to learn to separate that forgiveness and understand that some people are not worthy of forgiveness. Right. So, and, 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 and sometimes it is not your place to forgive those people. Right. And that's something that, uh, you know, comes hard for me because, I am an, an excuser. I'll just say that now. I'm, a, I'm an excuser. I excuse people, you know, out of, you know, their bad habits and things of that nature. And so that's something that I'm working on in myself because I'm trying to draw boundaries and stuff like that as well. And I think that that is a, that's a, just a testament to, you know, my loose boundaries. Um, and my therapist and I talk about this all the time, right? Like, Jarrell, you need to set tighter boundaries because people will start to encroach on your space and you know make it difficult for you because they know that you're going to forgive them they know that you're going to excuse their bullshit and all that other kind of stuff like that and so where i now start to draw the line you know in my age that i am now is okay what have you done to me and if i do that to you how would you handle this particular situation and the reality is if I were in a situation where I treated some people as they treated me, oh, they would totally, you know, not even talk to me any longer. And so I assess the situation from person to person, like, okay, would this person offer me the same kind of grace that I would offer them automatically? 
If the answer is no, then I'm not offering you that grace, right? Like, and I think that my homegirl was trying to get me to understand way back then when we were like 18 and 19, that, you know, she would not offer you that same grace if you were, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, right? Like, let's say you had, you know, uh, a boyfriend or something like that, and you chose him over us, she would not be so forgiving. And so what you need to do is understand that everyone's not going to give you what you give out to them. And, um, and so that's where I draw the line. When I start to assess, well, would you excuse me, you know, as I would excuse you? If the answer is no, then no, you know? Um, and with this whole Molly and Issa situation, like, dog, I'm going to just say this. From the very beginning, and this may be a very unpopular opinion, and I'm in this group on Facebook, and, you know, women will go down my throat about this. But I think that Molly and Issa's friendship has been super toxic from the very beginning of the show. And uh, while we don't know the backstory of Molly and Issa, what we do know and from what we do see, Issa started that shit, you know? And, 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 and I got two words for you, broken pussy. Broken pussy started it. Like <laughs> you're literally in a club talking about your friend's insecurities, talking about, well, rapping about you know, your friend's insecurity and why she can't keep a man or why it is that she can't find compassionship. I mean, uh, compassion, shit, is that a right word? I don't know, whatever. Um, Which I know what you mean. <laughs> right, yeah, right, like a companionship. There we companionship. go, companionship. Yeah. Companionship, why she can't find companionship, but, you know, you think it's okay. And then when they got out to the car, Molly's trying to talk to Issa about the whole situation. And Issa is like stuck on texting old boy that she's trying to cheat on, um, what's his face with? And so, you know, she's not even paying attention to Molly as Molly's pouring her heart out to her, telling her about her feelings. And so I think that sets the stage for how Molly then treats Issa later on down the line. And it's just this revolving site, um, you know, it's, it's the revolving thing where you know they're going back and forth being trash to each other and it's these tiny little jabs that culminate in this huge blow up towards season what four or five where you know they're not even talking and they're not even on the same you know on the same plane because it all started in that one damn club with that one damn freestyle broken pussy and that's where i say it it, it all came from you know so that is great because honestly, I didn't even, I forgot all about that, to be perfectly honest. And when you mentioned, I was like, yo, yeah. that, that that's the moment. That's the moment, right? And you said it's a freestyle. It wasn't a freestyle. She wrote that shit. Mm -hmm. So literally, she wrote a song. She did about yes. her best friends' insecurities failures and relationships, mm -hmm. right? And all right, all right, cool. You wrote that song. People write songs about people in their yeah. lives all the time, right? But the audacity to do it in the club in front of her and didn't even tell her about the song before. Like, yo, I wrote the song, right? It's about you. So like, it does. It, it definitely mm -hmm. starts. I was. I would agree. Mm -hmm. it, start, it starts there. And that is something that people definitely forgot about because I forgot about. But it also goes to my theory, not my theory, but kind of what I feel about music nowadays. Like, I'm getting old, so I'm like, oh, my music back in the day, but then I think about mm -hmm. certain songs, lyrics are trash, too. But people don't listen to lyrics, mm -hmm. right? So, like, Broken Pussy is a great it's a great hook. So everybody's jumping around to that hook. 
the only person listening to those lyrics was Molly because Molly was like, yo, wait a minute. That's me. Like, she's talking about like, me. Like, <laughs> like, no one else in this club cares imagine, about Imagine, like, having, like, yeah, could you imagine having, like, an erectile, like, situation, right? And your home, and you tell your homeboy, and he goes up there and literally does a rap about how you can't get your dick up, right? Like, that is horrible. Horrible. I would be, I'd beat his ass. I'd just beat his ass. I, I, I can't even, I, I mean, literally, he wouldn't get through the whole song. I'll be up on that stage whipping his ass. <laughs> yeah, once again, uh, that is that is brilliance. That has that has crossed this this pot today with that. And I don't even know. Like, I can't even figure out why people why people just like to argue for the sake of argument. But like that for me is yeah. like a bulletproof argument to wh- where it all started. Right, but that was bulletproof. Because before then, there was nothing that Molly ever did to to for her to treat Issa in the way that she, you know, some people say she treated her bad. But I'm like, yo, they treat each other the same. They both treat each other like shit. <laughs> and it's like, and then they apologize with Cheetos. Like, yeah, like it's it's not a healthy relationship. But so many of our relationships are like that, right? Like they're not healthy, but we tend to always kind of go back to it because once again, they've been friends forever. Right. And growing apart right. from friends is really difficult to, to just deal with. Right. Like now, granted, I only have, you know, two friends from high school that I'm really cool with and we haven't really grown apart. We don't talk as much as we used to, but we haven't grown apart, even though like our, our lives went on different trajectories and different planes and we're in different you know stages right now. But we haven't grown apart. But there's been some college friends that are college folks that I have that we just grown apart. Like We're just not the same. Right, like I'm not the same 18 year old freshman, right, or 17 year old. Well, I started when I was 18, so 18 year old freshman. Like I'm not the same when we were roommates when I was 18. Like I'm different, right? And I think that's the adjustment that they never, at least the show, right, hasn't shown. And I think people struggle with that when you try to hold on to a a friendship far too long because, like, yo, we've known each other since we were four years old, right? I I know some dude like that. We wouldn't call each other friends today. If we see each other, we still talk, we chop it up, but it's not like, yo, he ain't he ain't my friend. He, you know, him and my mom, his mom and my mom are friends, and that's how we linked up as kids anyway. But that don't make us friends. Uh, we grew apart. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. He started liking something else. I started liking something else. We we just different. And I mm-hmm. think people um, are scared of those facts because I mean it even happens in relationships like you know romantic relationships. You just grow apart from your partner. Um, the question is, like, are y'all going to do the work yeah. to bring each other, you know, to to understand who each other are is today? And I think that's a bigger issue with Molly and Issa, right? They're not the same people they were in episode one, episode one, or season one that they are now in season five. Or like, they both have grown into two very different people, and I think that's another struggle where you know they they're struggling with their friendship. Yeah. It's like, how do I adjust to the new Molly, right? Who, who's actually trying to care about a relationship yeah. that I rapped about in, in season one, right? She's trying not to do those things that I said she did in Broken Pussy, right? But I don't like that part about, I don't like that part about Molly, mm-hmm. right? Like, no, I need you to still be all about me and you and toxic and don't care about what your boyfriend thinks. Don't care about what your relationship is, right? That's not, that's not the Molly that I've come to grow in love, right? And then Molly's like, Issa, I need you just to be here, like, mm-hmm. 
I don't care that you've got these business ventures going on and you're trying to better yourself. You're the friend who at a drop of a dime can come and help me. Right. And they're growing apart. And that's, right. I think that's a bigger, right. a, another huge rift in that relationship. Yeah. And, and, and just like you said, you know, like relationships mature, you know, like the, the, the same things that you used to do as friends, you can't do anymore. Like, Take, for instance, you know, my homegirl that I was just talking about from, from college, right? Like, wherever we moved to, if we moved to the same city after college, like, I would give her a key to my house. She could stop in. Like, literally, there were times where um, there was one time where we lived. Um, she lived on the third floor, and I lived in the basement apartment. I would come home, and she'd be on my couch watching TV because she, you know, wanted to watch my cable, you know? And that would be okay. Now, nowadays... You know, that probably wouldn't be okay if she would just, you know, if she would just hear at my house um, or I would just hear at her house because, you know, we both have partners and, you know, like you never know what's going on in the house and all that kind of stuff like that. Now that we're older, like we can't do the things that we used to do as like young adults um, because relationships mature and boundaries mature as well as you get older because there are certain things that you're willing to do and certain things that you're not willing to do any longer because of whatever reason. And that's okay, too. It's not okay for you to continue to push those boundaries that you once pushed. And your friend is like, yo, here is a boundary that is set up and it is unmovable. And I don't have to give you an explanation as to why I don't want this to be right. Like ex um, that example with the Vince Staples type of thing. Um, when Issa went around Molly to get to her boyfriend after Issa asked Molly, could her boyfriend get, you know, get her the hookup with Vince Staples? Molly said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I don't want that a part of my relationship. Issa went around Molly to the boyfriend. I found that so wrong and so fucked up because I was like, and, and people were making excuses for Issa, right? Like, oh, well, Molly, uh, they only, Molly only said that she wouldn't do it because she doesn't want to disrupt her relationship. I'm like, but yeah, but you're still Issa's best friend. And if anything wrong happens, then that affects Molly and homeboy's relationship that was already shaky in the first place. And she's trying to solidify. And so for you to go around her to him shows that, you know, one, you have no respect for what she just said. Two, you have no respect for the, the sanctity of their relationship. And three, who knows what you'll go around Molly to, to, uh, to you know, get to her man for if you've done this, right? Like that shows that I can't trust your ex. Like, and let's put it here on a humanistic level, right? Like, if I have a partner and my friend pushes my boundaries and also, you know, pushes my boundaries in a way where they, they will go to my partner to get what they want, then who the hell else know? I mean, who, who knows what they'll do? You know, who knows what, to what extent they'll do to get what they want or what they'll actually want, you know, like, let's say, oh, you're interested in my partner. Well, you're going to go around me. And try to holler or some, you know, stuff like that. And people do that all the time. It's not an insecurity. Like people, you know, people uh, sleep with each other's mates all the time. I mean, you got a whole damn uh, anthology out of it. The best man, right? <laughs> it happens. And so for Molly, I mean, for Issa to do that, that was just, you know, that was trash. With Molly doing the things that she did, she was trash as well. Many people don't agree, but I'm like, yo, this is a very toxic relationship that either one of them should not be a part of. Yeah, the, it's, it's not mutual, mutually beneficial to them, 
right? And I think that's something that we discussed before. Like relationships should be mutually beneficial. For them, it's beneficial it moments, right? It's like this relationship benefits me in this mm-hmm. moment, but it doesn't benefit the other, right? And and that's a great point, right? Because at first, right. when when that whole situation happened, I was like, all right, cool. I mean, Molly probably should have helped out, but I, I see why she don't. She she doesn't want to ruin a relationship. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. She didn't tell Issa not to talk to him. So, okay, I can see it from there. But then I get from the standpoint, but now I'm thinking about it that you mentioned it, right? Like Issa had no clue how old boy would respond. What if old boy actually told Molly before, like, yo, I don't want your friends contacting me about work, right? And then Molly exactly. said it and said it in a different way. So she don't put her boyfriend on blast. Like, hey, I just don't want to put that in my relationship. And then Issa went around her. Like it could have ruined that relationship. Because that is something Molly and her boyfriend talked about. Like, yo, we're going to keep our businesses separate just because I have these connections. I don't want your friends using these things. Right. And Issa just just didn't even think about that. Right. It's really much. So I need this Mm -hmm. right now for my black party. And I didn't even put it into that perspective until you you mentioned that right now. Um, And and those boundaries are are important. And once again, they they ruin they ruin relationships or you can ruin your friend's relationships if you don't respect those boundaries of their partners, right? Because once your friend gets a partner, that partner becomes like your friend essentially, right? It's like, so, and what my mm-hmm. what I mean by that yeah. example is one of the things that I had to get used to, which was difficult for me was, you know, I was the type of person you can call me at any given time to pick up my phone, male or female. If, if you're in my yeah. circle, you need me no matter what time you call me. That was my wife. And my wife was like, I, that was a boundary for her. It's like, I don't, I don't get why you're answering phones from people at two in the morning. Right. Like they shouldn't be calling you that late. Right. Um, and for me, it was an adjustment. It was adjustment for friends. Right. Like, yo, y'all can't call me this late. Right. Like my, my wife is asleep. Yeah. Now she's woke up because you called me and now, she has something to do in the morning, especially when we first started, because she, I guess a year into our relationship, she graduated, got a full-time job. I still was a student. So like she actually got to go to work in the morning. I ain't got nothing else to do. But now you're disrupting that, right? And that's a boundary that I've set because that makes my partner feel comfortable. So if you disrespect that boundary, you're disrespecting me and my partner. Now it's double, right? Now it's squared. Like exactly. the disrespect is squared. Because now you're disrespecting two people in this and if you're my friend, you should respect those boundaries. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that I think why people cling to this relationship as it relates to Issa and Molly so much is because it's so reflective of like their actual relationships. And I think that's what makes Insecure so dope and why some people watch it is because it's so relatable. There's a ton of people in these toxic yeah. relationships or they're that toxic person who would do that and it's shining a light on them. And that's where all like the animosity, like the the feverish defending of whoever it is on that show, whether it's Issa, whether it's Molly, whether it's Lawrence, right? They see themselves within one of those characters, so they defend it to the death, right? Um, or they see their ex-boyfriend in Lawrence, so they, right. they all hate Lawrence. I'm like, Lawrence actually haven't done anything wrong. Like a lot of y'all are mad at Lawrence. I don't see Man. what Lawrence actually I'm Lawrence Hive all the way. Like, he smashed the bank girl. I don't see. Oh, okay. He left Issa. No, no. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, wait. 
Now, the one thing I will say that Lawrence did wrong, uh, he did Tasha wrong. He did. He did Tasha wrong. That was it because he smashed and dashed. Like, and he did yeah. not tell Tasha yeah. what his intentions were. Yeah. And she thought it was more than what it was. Like she had invited him to her family reunion and he stood her up and that was wrong. Now that I will say Lawrence was, you know, being uh, an FB for, and y'all mm-hmm. can figure out what FB is, but he was being <laughs> an F boy for, for that. But everything else, I feel like he, he was on par, right? Like if you've never been, if you've never been depressed, if you've never gone through bouts of depression, you'll never understand what it was that was going on with Lawrence in the beginning of the um, in the uh, at the beginning of the uh, the episodes, uh, right, or the beginning of the series. Um, if you have never understood what it feels like to have ambitions greater than yourself and expect that from yourself, but can't quite get there because you don't know what is missing then you'll never understand what Lawrence was going through. And that's exactly what he was going through. He was going through depression. He was going through, you know, anxiety because he knew that there was something greater in him that he wanted to achieve and where he wanted to be, but he just didn't know how to properly get there or he wasn't given the opportunity to get into those spaces. And so that caused even more depression. And so, yeah, I can see that and I can understand. I think where Lawrence went wrong initially was he didn't, he didn't let his feelings be known to Issa. And that's a black man trait, right? Like that's something that is universal among us uh, because, I, well, I, I'll speak in general, general terms, right? Like th- that ain't all of us. But what I will say is society grooms us to be these non-emotional, non-feeling creatures that we can't express who we truly are and we can't express, express our feelings without being seen as weak. And, you know, if he would express the fact that, you know, he was going through depression and that he was going through, you know, bouts of insecurity and things of that nature due to, you know, this job search, then I think Issa probably would have understood him more. But then again, you never know because women are conditioned, you know, now to view men who express their feelings as, you know, weaker or whatever have you. Um, Or maybe not now, like maybe back when. Um, you know, it was kind of seen as, you know, the man is supposed to be dominant. The man is supposed to be the caretaker, the breadwinner, this, the that. Uh, the man isn't supposed to cry. The man isn't supposed to express his emotions and all that kind of stuff like that. And so uh, maybe Lawrence was afraid to do that, but he definitely should have communicated that to Issa that he was going through those things because that's exactly what he was going through. And I think where people got it messed up was they thought that, you know, Lawrence was just a scrub sitting on the couch when, you know, clearly the man was suffering from depression and anxiety and insecurity, but that hasn't been explored uh, by a lot of people because they don't realize that men actually go through insecurity, depression, anxiety. We, we go through it all the time. <laughs> and and I know? think- Shit, I, I mean, was depressed last week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, and that's why I definitely, you know, uh, relate to, to the character of Lawrence. I, I think a lot about undergrad experiences where, I wasn't as successful as I knew I could be or should be, right? In the rather in the classroom, not landing, not not doing internships and all these other things that my peers were doing. Um, so for me, yes, I wouldn't tell anybody that I was going through these things. And two, I reverted to yeah. very much what Lawrence became at that point, right? Um, and it's and it's search to find itself of where you want to be. Now you're just smashing everything, <laughs> right? Like. So I'm going to get this satisfaction and I'm going to get this attention um, 
from the opposite sex, right? And they're going to fulfill me while I'm trying to search for what I what it is that I'm looking for. Um, and that was kind of me. It's like, all right, I can't be successful. I'm not being successful in the classroom. I'm not being successful here at this college, but I'm about to bag every girl I can. <laughs> I'm be successful there. Um, and so I think versus like just talking to somebody about it, telling somebody like, yo, I'm struggling here, right? And I think I think we'll leave it there. I, I, we're, I'm going to try to bring somebody on next week to talk about these these things as it relates to masculinity, how men are are born and bred to to, to think, um, act, respond, or, or how we feel we need to be the breadwinners. Um, because I still there's still very much that in me in my household. It's like yo, I'm the man. I have to defend my home. I have to do all these things. Um, and it's like very much conditioned. So hopefully we can have a really great conversation with with the guests next week. But we about to wrap it up here. Um, you have anything yeah. bright or brilliant you want to end the pod on? Uh, no, I, I just want to say that, you know, segueing into our next week's conversation, you know, just remember that, um, one, friendships are important, but friendships are not uh, these immovable objects, right? Like they can break and they have boundaries, they have barriers. Um, friendships also, you know, can be tested and tried. What you need to do is be the type of friend to another person that you would like to, uh, that you would like to have. And also, you know, with regards to men and masculinities, you know, recognize and understand that, you know, people, regardless of if they are male identified or not, go through depression, anxiety, they have feelings, <laughs> and friendships are tested based off of feelings and things of that, um, that nature the most. And so, you know, just be, just be caring of each other's feelings and be caring of each other's, you know, emotional stability, because that is super important. And that's my one thing. Um, just, just give a damn. <laughs> That's it. Uh, be human. <laughs> All right. Be human. That's that's it, right? But that's that's it for this episode. We want to thank you all for listening. Hopefully, we provided you a good conversation as you listen to this whole hour, got through the end, so you can share it. You can hit that follow. You can rate it, um, and come back next week. Uh, we're gonna keep dropping content um, and also once again engage us on these social media platforms right we want you all to, to tell us what you want to hear like, what do you want to hear so you can follow us on instagram educated food podcast you have a, you want to hit us up an email educated food podcast at gmail.com so start giving us some topics right so we are texting back home, trying to figure out what we're talking about <laughs> all right that's it for me <laughs> We always pull it together. We pull it together. All right. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jarrell. And we out of here.